Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is a Star Wars episode where I, by myself, will go through Star Wars Dr. Afra number 28. Dr. Matt, he's not here. He's out of town. He's leaving me to do this book all by my lonesome. This did come out last week, but since he is not available, I figured, well, I'll do this one, and then me and him will get back to everything next week. It's one of those things during this time of year, you know, December and January. It is tough with scheduling and stuff like that. So we'll get back to our regular schedule starting next week. But here I am. I get to talk about Afro. Lucky me. Oh, lucky me. And it's a weird play because this Afro book, while me and Matt were pretty positive when it started, we were excited about it. Both of us are both Afro fans. Our enthusiasm has waned a bit. And really, after the whole War of the Bounty Hunters into this whole Crimson Dawn stuff, while this book has become bigger in some way, I mean, you end up having some things in this book being major driving forces in the whole Crimson Dawn story. The problem is it's less and less of an Afra book as we go on. And even in this issue, she's only in the last panel of this issue. This is an Afra book, and yet one panel. And I did see some reviewers talking about this, saying, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe we don't need Afra. But then they end up kind of going against themselves. I'll talk about all this. I'll throw some shade at some reviewers when we get to it. But I would never think that a book that is a Dr. Afra book would be better off. What we need here is a good Afra. That is a little hint of the, you know, bitching and moaning that I will do coming up. But before we do that, please go over to Twitter and follow us. That is WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we'll follow you on back 100%. Then go over to our website to see some reviews at weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Then check out our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. And then finally go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience to help us out for all we do here on this regular feed and get plenty of extra exclusive podcasts on the patreon but all that said and done let's get into this it is dr afra number 28 and we'll start with the credits here written by Alyssa long art by minkyu young colors by rachel rosenberg letters by vcs joe caramania this issue is called code of honor here is the recap after a grueling possession and a cunning hack which sounds that sounds like a, a dirty joke or something I, i don't know Afra has finally regained control of her body and established a tentative truce with the Spark Eternal. Sana Staros and her team barely survived the destruction of their ship after a failed Afra rescue mission. Just lucky and Ariel Yu saved them from the wreckage, but at a great cost. Meanwhile, the use of Ronan Tag's medical technology has left Sana and her team in enormous debt. Ronan attempted to get Sana under his thumb, but she refused. Hearing that, Ronan intended to use connections within Crimson Dawn to usurp her as Aunt Domina as head of the Tag Corporation. Sana abruptly joined his side, and she flip-flops all the time. She will flip-flop again in this issue. All right, now we'll start with me going back to what I said during that intro, the idea that we need more Afra in this book. It's Afra's book, but it's not just that. We need a better Afra. I don't know. Alyssa Wong has kind of lost track of a lot of things in this book, especially 
Afra, but she's also added a cast of thousands, but has never done any work to establish more than one or two of them. Kofan Ferris, she's actually established them pretty well. Sana Staros comes in. I think that most people can get on board with how Sana has been, you know, introduced and used in this book. But really, you end up having a lot of other characters in this book that really don't jive. You don't really know much about them. At one point, Afra's father's in this book, and he's disappeared. You also end up having Just Lucky and Ariel Yu, who I do know and like enough, but it's not like I know a ton about them or that they're anybody's favorite characters. And so the idea of reviewers saying, hey, I'm good with no Afra because these characters are so great, most of them, and this is the shape, most of those reviews then double back and say, but I don't really know much about this supporting cast. Well, how could the supporting cast be good enough without Afra? but then you then double back and say that you don't really know them? That seems to be an oxymoron to me. That doesn't make sense. And really, the mantra that we all need to follow, including Alyssa Wong, here it is. Dr. Afra needs Dr. Afra. There you go. A book of Dr. Afra. You got to do this. And the only thing I can say about how this issue feels by the end, it feels a lot of forced things to tie up loose ends, possibly to then get all this nonsense pushed aside and get to an actual Afra story. Please, I don't need any more of the Spark Eternal. I don't need the Ascendant. I don't mind Kofan Ferris, but I don't mind if they go away for a while. I want Afra. That's why I'm here. That's why I buy this book. I don't buy this book for Ariel Yu. I don't buy this book for Domina Tag. I buy it for Afra, and you're not giving us enough Afra, and you're not giving us enough of a good Afra. Please. And Alyssa Wong has a real big problem, a really big problem of taking two issue stories and making them nine issues. Somebody has to tighten the reins here and let's get back. Let's get some good storytelling because the pacing, it goes at a a snail's pace at some points while telling a not great story. So it's going nowhere slow and nobody needs that. So here we go. That just sets it up. I'm sure that everything else will be a positive thing from now on. But where's Matt? I need Matt to calm me down. Usually before we start doing things, Matt will calm me down a little. He wasn't here. It's all his fault. So we start out. Now, I'll start already nitpicking here because we start out with Boosh. Everybody likes Boosh, right? Oh, man. And he's there with his Boosh and the Ubeast crew. I don't know what I was trying to say at first, but the Ubeast are there. And they're all there. They're all dressed the same. They're rooting, tooting, shooting. They're taking down a bunch of Crimson Dawn operatives. Hey, you know, there. But while you're doing that, Breen is telling a joke. Now, the funny play here would be, oh, man, they're in the middle of this deadly firefight. And Breen's telling like a dad joke almost. But that's not that funny. And the setup is not there. And so when you get into it, you just want to move on and really the idea of Boosh and the Ubi's crew here, they don't do much in this issue. They start out like it's their, the big thing. They, they kind of fade, and we'll get to that. But I have a problem <laughs> to nitpick. Now, bear with me. You're telling a joke that is, do you know why Wookiees are so easygoing? Okay, why? Why, Breen? Tell us. And then Breen says, because they know that whatever happens in life, that's just the way the Wookiee 
crumbles. It's supposed to be a, oh, man, that's an all. The problem I have, though, and, and tell me if this is a nitpick, it's being told in obese. We're getting it translated for us. And I don't think wordplay jokes would work there. I don't know offhand, but I'm kind of guessing that the obese word for Wookiee and cookie probably don't rhyme that same way in obese. I don't even know if they know what a hell a cookie is or that saying that's the way the cookie crumbles. This is just some stupid thing that you end up having Alyssa Wong insert here. Now, seriously, if you want to not tell good jokes, do that. You're doing that fine in your Deadpool book. You're really making me groan in that one already. You don't have to push it here in Dr. Afra, please. So that happens. But really, all they're doing are fighting through Crimson Dawn to get to Domina Tag to protect her. And I don't know, most people, I think in my mind, I just ended up like, well, why? What happened here? What's going on? But Dominus says, oh, thank you. Thank God you're here. My honor guard, they were infiltrated by the Crimson Dawn. Uh, it looks like they're trying to take over the Inquisitor. So how about we go to the bridge? That's the bridge is where all the action's at. I know that, that I saw that in Star Wars. I saw it in Star Trek every time, the bridge, right? So they're going to get to the bridge. Also in a lot of songs. The bridge is what really kicks it in, right? So let's go to the bridge. So she ends up before they go. Where do you think that the obese and, and Boosh are there to protect her? They're going to lead her to the bridge. But at the last second, she grabs this gauntlet and says, all right, I have this gauntlet that pretty much turns her into the Star Wars version of Whiplash, where she's going to go around with this fiery whip thing and go. She mentions a bunch of times in this, if it runs out of batteries, it'll blow up my arm. Oh, my God, if it does. That never happens, but still, she's saying it. Well, then, while that's going on, we go off to what is the worst ship that's ever been designed in the entire, the entire Star Wars universe. I can't stand it. The fleeting is the worst ship. It looks like somebody's kind of house with rockets shoved on the sides. And really, if you're a kid and you wake up Christmas morning, oh, my God, I asked for all these Star Wars toys. I hope I got a Millennium Falcon. And you're opening up, oh, my God, uh, the fleeting, right then, Christmas Day, leave. Pack your bags, get on some bus, hitchhike. I know that's dangerous, but still, what does it matter? Your parents don't love you. They gave you the fleeting as a gift. You get the hell out of town. Go and find a real family that'll get you a real spaceship like the Millennium Falcon. So you end up having these characters. And I said, these characters that really Alyssa Wong has thrown into the book, Really relying on past experience and knowledge for them, not really developing uh, anything with them herself. And I just, where, where the hell is Afra's dad? But you end up like Magna Tovin. Asana, uh, she's done a good enough job with, and Deda Yao. They're just there. Most people reading this see those placards and go, oh, them again, and don't really have any connection with them. Even if you have a connection from past stories not done by Alyssa Wong, by this point in this story, you're kind of like, okay, you're not doing anything with them, so why should I care? Now, we have Ariel Yu and Just Lucky, who I like. Again, nobody's favorite characters, I would guess, but they're fine. But you play this game. You play this game throughout this issue where people will be introduced, but they'll also say things to establish they can do something. And I'll tell you, Ariel Yu is the biggest one. They end up coming out of hyperspace and they are in the middle of tag space that has ships just firing at each other, dogfights everywhere. It's because there is this 
you know, uprising against Domina Tag. So they're in the middle of a fight. They have to get through this. They have to get the Inquisitor to do what they came to do, which is pretty much to kill Domina. That's what we think right now the job is. And Sonny yells, oh, my God, we have to reach the Inquisitor. Ariel, can you get us there? Ariel says, of course I can. Who the hell do you think I am? That's Alyssa Wong's way of just saying, by the way, pretty good pilot. Because when I think of Ariel Yu from anything that I've read, the first thing that comes to mind isn't the best pilot in the universe, right? What I think is, oh, that's that guy that hangs out with Just Lucky. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's what I think. Former boyfriend hangs out with him now. I know more about Just Lucky, but more about his scumbag brother who just keeps gambling both his and Just Lucky's life away. That's what I think of them. So to say this, who the hell do you think I am? Alyssa Wong thinks that's a shortcut for us to be like, oh, well, he'll be able to get through because we don't see anything from there. From that moment on, they just end up landing on the Inquisitor and then getting out and getting on with it. So she's playing shortcuts that are really forced here. We go back into the Inquisitor and you end up seeing Dominic Tag. Remember, she was waiting for Boosh and the Ubeast to come to maybe save her, take her to the bridge. Why is she leading the charge? She's in the front. You end up having the Ubis doing nothing but getting scared at Domina and saying to Boosh, man, she's scary. Man, I don't know if I want to be around her because she slices and dices everyone. And it's just ridiculous. So why are they there with her? For no reason. I mean, there is no real reason. So she says we're going to go to the bridge and she will lead the way at one point they are going down a corridor and she is just destroying everyone and almost in my mind slashes accidentally Boosh's head right off he's not paying attention i think that she almost took his head off but you end up also where team sauna they have like i said they've docked they got out they're going and now they're heading towards the bridge as well so we know they're going to run into each other and they do And then you have this back and forth. I mean, the whole play here is that originally Domina hired Afra and Sana to go and then even hired Sana to get Afra. All this stuff there. She's under her employ. So she says, Domina says, well, what do you have for me? Do you have Afra? What's going on? You didn't send me any updates. And Sana says, well, I don't have Afra. But here, get this. Ronan, your nephew, he wants you dead. Now, I think that Domina's smart enough that everybody knows this, and she even says, that's barely a secret. You'll have to give me more to work with than that. I can kind of guess that all this crap going down, in my mind, I might have gotten the idea Ronan's involved anyway, but they end up where they start fighting them. So you end up Domina's team with Boosh and them, and that's the only reason that Boosh and the obese are there. I'm telling you, the only reason is that you have to have even numbers when you have this fight or everybody would just kill, they, they would just all be shooting at Domina and there's no way that she wouldn't die. So you have to have other targets and that's why you had Booch and the Ubis. So now the fight's on. They're going at it. You end up where, of course, Domina's going to go after Sana, the main deal. And as this is going on, the batteries do run out of her crazy whiplash gauntlet. Now, she does end up doing things like ruin Just Lucky's day. This guy does not have two pennies to pinch here. And you end up where she slices his rifle. 
I mean, this guy, his, his, his scumbag brother has taken everything. And now you took his rifle. So you end up where he's like, oh, man, I'd like where he says, oh, man, that's expensive. Yeah, he's screwed. He it, basically they're going to what are you going to do with that rifle now? He's like, what rifle? It's a pistol now. Boom. He's got a sawed off shotgun. But you end up where all this is going down. And like I said, the gauntlets run out of power. And it's funny because this gauntlet running out of power seemed to have been a big thing that then wasn't. But then in walks Ronan Tag, who starts talking crap. Oh, look at you, Auntie. Looks like things aren't going well for you. But like good corporations, new people rise up in the ranks and take over power. That's kind of the way it is. This is how it's going to be. I ended up getting Crimson Dawn. They hooked me up with an army and all these things. And I am going to be the main tag guy now. And I'm going to take you out. Now, you end up seeing Dama there. And this whole whiplash deal, yeah, it ran out of battery. But for some reason, that wasn't there before. But she has, like, what looks like the most deadliest sword instead. I mean, this isn't like this thing ran out of batteries and just fell off her arm. This looks like a deadly sword. And Ronan does not seem to be that concerned with maybe telling her to take it off. Right? That might be one thing. but. He just points a gun at her, and he's there. Now, the big thing here, and this is, again, it it all feels so forced. It all feels just like nonsense. We have to get this stuff done. Where earlier, way earlier, in the beginning of the issue, Domina ends up saying, where's Lappin? I don't know where Lappin is. Well, when we see Ronan come in here and start talking trash, you do get the little placard Lappin tag right there. and. I don't know that that many people care or know about Lappin. hasn't really been that big a deal, but the whole play of being loyal to Domina and now Lappin has switched sides, gone with Ronan, you can assume, you know, paid off, whatnot. So while you end up having Ronan pointing the gun right in the face of Domina, you have Sana behind Domina say, well, is that good enough for you? Kind of the joke of, well, you wanted me to give you more Info about how Ronan was trying to kill you Well here's the info She says I suppose She's just standing there And then out of nowhere You have Shick And a what the And then Ronan falls With a thud And there's Lappin with a syringe That That's the way that All of this is resolved Is that Lappin walks up And injects Ronan with a paralytic And he falls over. And so now you end up having Domina say, oh, look, true loyalty can't be bought, Ronan, but true loyalty is overrated and I pay much better. So basically, it's not even loyalty. It's that Lappin's getting more money from Domina. There you go. This is the end. This is what all this is about. And then it is funny because I'm actually glad this does happen. But it's also that huge sword at the end of this gauntlet now. Now it's going to play in because you have pretty much Judge, Jury, and Executioner Dominus say, yeah, luckily, hey, Lappin, were you recording all this as well? Oh, yes, I was. There was a hot mic in the room and nobody knew. Well, that was basically then in the trash talk, Ronan had admitted that he was part of Crimson Dawn, that he was going to kill Dominus, he was going to take over everybody. was nonsense. So all that is on record. So now it's... You know, like I said, Judge Jury Executioner, she ends up going up to him and seemingly kills him with this sword arm that, you know, was the whip that ran out of batteries. 
Now, I say seemingly kills him because Ronan died before. I'll never, until I'm sure that he's never going to be in the book again, I'll say seemingly. But all of this going is that, yeah, if Ronan's parents ended up getting mad, Dominus says, well, look at the tape. Here is the tale of the tape. He was bad, bad to the bone. Off he goes. So how is this going to resolve itself now? Because you end up Ronan's dead. That's good for Domina. Lappin's right there. He's got the tape. But what about Sana? What about Afro? What about all that? Because really, this book has got very convoluted with the idea of owing Domina this, that. And it's really been held back by it, in my opinion. You can't really go off and have neat Afro adventures when you have to keep saying, oh, man, we owe all this to Domina. We have to do this job and that. It just wasn't that fun. So you have to get rid of that. So basically, after Domina does all this work. Now, yeah, Sana shows up. Sana says, hey, Ronan wants to kill you. And Domina says, well, tell me something I didn't know. And then ends up getting, you know, attacked by Ronan and then taken down. Not by anything Sana did. Sana did not do anything that solved the situation for Domina at all. It was already Domina being smart enough and paying Lappin more and Lappin there. Like, Lappin should be demanding some things now, maybe a raise. But Sana says, you asked for proof of Ronan's treachery. I got it. Now pay up. Like, really? That, that you think that, how much do you think that's worth? Because you did nothing. Nothing. But Sana then starts going, I want all our debts erased, all of them for everyone, even Afra. Ronan's hostages released. I want a new Volt Cobra. Just just keep going. I mean, really, as you're going, because Domina has so much money, make sure that you do something to get that scuzzbag brother of Just Lucky's in some rehab. He is a, he needs rehab. He's a habitual gambler. Get him out of there. But you end up everybody. And really, this whole, you know, I want you to pay up really is. Let's just get all of this nonsense off the board so we can have a clean slate and tell some better stories, I hope. Because, again, this tying into it just wasn't doing anything overall. And so Dominus says, well, I do have a problem here because, you know, a lot of my stuff was blown up. But, hey, look at this. Just to make it so really none of this did anything, I also have another fleet. Yeah, I would have been upset. You know, I like the Inquisitor. It's one of my first ships. So I, I have, you know, a soft spot. But I would have just rebuilt that anyway. And also I have a different fleet. We're still good. We're we're." Good. Good to go. So really nothing much happened. And yeah, everybody, you, you're good. You're you're good to go. And then in the last second, Domina turns to Lucky, just Lucky and Ariel and says, hey, I'm always looking for good people and I pay very well. So they'll probably go. Remember, at one point, they're going to join the Crimson Dawn. They're going to maybe there's a tie. But the idea, I think this is also to get Ariel, you and just Lucky off the book and if you need them domina is always there i mean domina being the whole deal is always somebody that you can rely on to come for a job or maybe you're desperate but i think all this is clean slate time and so you have all that going on and the two most important characters in this book i mean afra obviously number one but kofan ferris the last page is for them because you end up all right this is great. We have to score, settle some scores. We have to go and see what's going on. And you do end up seeing, you know, Kofan Ferris. You end up Tira. They're going to be after the whole Afra and the Spark Eternal. And that's at the end. And it's going to 
kill us all because of all this stuff that's going on. And you see a smiling Avra with the spark eternal. I'm like, really? That's what we're getting. But next up, continued in Dr. Afra 29. I'm hoping we get more. And you do end up seeing the next deal. And I, I just, the spark eternal, get it out of here. Get the ascent. Come on, let's just tell an Afra story because every time you just keep muddying it up. But this issue, I, I didn't like much at all. It's, it's, Again, it's inoffensive. It's just the the concept of it drives me nuts. But, yeah, we do solve some things. Yeah, we force it, but I don't mind because I wanted them solved anyway. We get a lot of characters that might just get shoved aside, which should be. We don't need them. They weren't doing much. So, yeah, then I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of 10. I did like the art enough. It's The art in this book is always solid. It's nothing that really wows you. But it's solid. It's like a house style at points. But it does its job, unlike Alyssa Wong. There you go. That is it. That is the last bit of shade. I just, I hope the book doesn't get canceled. But if it ends up changing, right? I don't know that they would change writers. I think it'll just go away. Because it is the worst selling. From all and what little sales you can look up online, this is the worst selling book. And it's selling worse. And this is crazy. It's selling worse. Than the Dark Horse Star Wars Adventures book. And, and that's nuts. I do like that Star Wars Adventures book. But I like it for what it is. An all ages thing. You can have some fun with it. It shouldn't be selling better. Than one of the main line. You know Star Wars books. And the Afro book. And I hope that by the end of this. I hope it's not people in the know. Or actually people that are in charge. Thinking well Afro doesn't sell. At no, it's you got to write a good book. You got to write a good book, and this isn't a good book. But that's it. That's enough of me being, uh, you know, miserable. I'm gonna go off. Maybe I'll read something. Maybe I'll go back and start rereading the original Afra series, which was fantastic. And that's why I keep waiting. I'm waiting for this to get better. But maybe that's what I need to do. But thanks everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with old Doctor Matt. And, yeah, there was the Sanastaros book that came out this week. I thought of maybe adding that in for this, but I'm going to wait and see if maybe Matt wants to talk about it. If he doesn't, maybe I'll have time to kind of dip in and do that on my own as well. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Or maybe if we have one of those weeks coming up without any books, we can slip that in then. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it all out. But thanks, everybody. And, yeah, go to the show notes, check out all of the links to our Twitter, our Patreon, our YouTube channel, all of that stuff I said at the beginning. I'm not going to waste any more time. So thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you all later. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.